Hey, what's going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez, here in New York City with you and my co-host today, my sidekick, Jeremy Ross Lopez. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Cool, cool. Well, um, I kind of wanted to get right into it about a personal story. And Jeremy, do not date or, or fool yourself and try and date a guy that is bi or straight like I did <laughs> because it never ends well. I'm just going to, st- you know, it never ends well. Yes. And in my case, um, <clears throat> I think I was toying around with somebody that, um, you know, sexually, actually, I mean, we did do stuff mm-hmm. actually a couple of times, but of course it never, um, you know, he would never want to like, sleep in the same bed with yeah, me. Yeah, I swear the intimate parts make it end up being a sticky situation, which yeah. does suck just because when you do start to get more intimate with the person, right? Yeah. I think uh, the fact that they are questionable about where they're standing at is in that moment yeah. kind of sucks. And, and of course, I was they're del- lost, but you're not lost, but they're enjoying what is happening. Right. And of course, I was delusional and thought that I would be the one and and you know when we really were becoming good friends and yeah. he's a cool guy mm-hmm. uh, I just think he's not there yet and mm-hmm. um but you can't say you're not interested and then the very next week send me dick pics and cum shots and by the way if you're going to do that make it a big dick <laughs> I'm just going to say I mean <laughs> well if, that if, you definitely don't have any grasp over cuz you yeah, gotta but, work with what you have. <laughs> well, right, but you're not, you know, at least if you're gonna send me a dick pic or a cum shot or a jack-off video I'm, and I can't touch it or be there, then, mm-hmm. you know, and don't say that you're gonna one week, you know, okay, I, I respect you and, you know, yes, we're just friends, but but then you're sending me those kinds of things. I mean, that's Yeah, just the bullshit. teasing part is definitely not fair, and yeah. but they don't really think of it like that because I'm sure they don't actually care about that point. Yeah. They're just like getting turned on but teasing themselves uh, to themselves as in like reeling you in but then letting go and then reeling you in and letting go and yeah. they're and, comfortable and, for a second and then they're not. And Yeah, and so I think I finally put it to, to rest mm-hmm. and I even approached him and um, but of course he wanted nothing he, he wanted nothing to do with me and but you know what I felt good about at least <clears throat> I was just gonna make it yeah. peaceful it wasn't I was like let's go back to I wasn't even gonna apologize or want him to apologize but you I, left it at a good spot I did because we go to the same spot here in New York and mm-hmm. I'm um, as one of my friends said that you know you're you were the bigger man. You went up to him. You mm-hmm. are going to run into each other. You made the peace offering, not like, let's go back. But he wanted nothing to do with me. And I just said, okay, fine. And I just walked away. I mean, Which is at nice. least I tried yeah. and I'm I'm good. And, I and mean, what- the part that's nice about that is when you guys do end up in the same room, it doesn't have to be like that heated or that awkward. And at least maybe not for you. It might probably still be for him, I'm assuming, because his reaction wasn't that keen yeah. on you. But... That's okay. I mean, that's all on him and nothing on you. You so. can't force people to like you. No. And it was what it was. And, and it's not worth, like, it's not even worth trying to make someone be, like, cordial or whatever with yeah. you. It's just... The warning signs were there, people, and I ignored <laughs> them, but oh well. Say lovey, and we're moving on. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to bring on my special guest today. He is a dear friend of mine. He's also a DJ, and his mixes are 
excellent. He did my fashion to fetish show. He did one of my leather Christmas parties that was, he got even darker than he's used to going. Please welcome my special guest, DJ Joey Z. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm great. Great. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Cool. So um, talk to us a little bit about these mixes because, um, you know, for those of my guests that haven't been to New York and you also DJ at Equinox periodically. Yeah, I do Equinox uh, parties twice a year. I've done a party at the Ritz. I've done, like you said, the Eagle. Yep. Um, I've done Gay Night at Great Adventure, which is a big event. And when we say Equinox, we're actually talking about the gym, right. Equinox. So that's kind of interesting because it's, a, you know, people are working out. Are you there at like after work or what? Well, different uh, gyms have different parties. Some have it in the morning, some have it at night. Mark Nelson, which is a, a prominent, legendary promoter. promoter here in New York. He now lives in L.A. He's the one who organizes them all. And there's like top. DJs that do it. Joe Guthrox does it. Brett Henriksen does it. So I'm a it's, fan it's of an honor to be included among that bunch. It is. And I'm a fan of any hybrid of, you know, working out with live music and all that kind of thing. It just makes it that yeah, much more like, interesting. Yeah, it's like I'm at a booth by myself and people see me coming in and I'm DJing while they're working out. Exactly. And then if we want to find your music, you're at... Um, I used to be on SoundCloud, but now they have so many restrictions. They do. So um, I'm on hearthis.at. That's H-E-A-R-T-H-I-S dot A-T. I have like 15 to 20 podcasts on there. I also started being on um, Podomatic. You can find me under DJ Joey Z. And also on the other site, DJ Joey Z. Cool. Well, we will list all those, but let's get into today's show. Yes. So, um, and you just got back from um, the Atlantis cruise, right, to the Caribbean? Oh, yeah, so much fun. It's my 12th or 13th cruise. They get addicting after the first one. Don't you get, what happens after so many cruises on Atlantis? You get, like... Um, after 10, you get, like, um, a platinum status, and then you get to book the cruises earlier, you get discounts. And on this cruise, they... Um, it was 5,000 guys? 5,500. Jesus. Can you imagine, Jeremy? I can. It sounds overwhelming. <laughs> wow. I know. I mean, I've gone on the Atlantis cruises, um, not to, with this amount of people, mm -hmm. but um, wow. I mean. They're going to have the same size boat next year, too. Right. And you really like these because they, all your favorite DJs are on there usually. And Yeah. I love the parties, the music. I like meeting new people. I met like a whole group of new friends. They were really fun. Right. Hang out with them again. So you met a couple boys. I met a lot of boys. Yeah. <laughs> One that you told me um, that you're gonna maybe meet up with again. Potentially. Yeah. I'm gonna go hang out with him at a uh, winter party again. Nice, nice, nice. So today, um, our topic, um, as we always get into it, um, and I thought about this for you, Joey. It's called uh, sex and religion, and there's so many components to that. And by all means, we won't cover it all, but we're gonna kind of get into it. Um, as religion for me personally um, has played a big part. Um, I was, grew up Catholic and went to Catholic school my whole life. So did my sister. I went to, even in kindergarten, um, there was nuns. If you, the, the, actually, I loved this kindergarten because it was like on a farm and, and the nuns were so cool. On a farm? It was kind of like, yeah, Fremont, where I live, has this area that's like very farm-like and... 
my mom would drive me up into the hills of this kind of farmland and it was we learned about animals and the nuns i loved there at this kindergarten catholic school is fine sounds uh, majestic yeah right and so <laughs> i wouldn't think california would have farmland um yeah no there's plenty of farm i'm sure open fields and open, stuff like yeah, that right yeah, yeah exactly <clears throat> exactly and jo- joey what religion did you grow up with um, my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. My whole family was, so we were really strict. And Jehovah's Witness, I know the the Jacksons, um, the Jackson family, Michael Jackson, Janet, yeah. and all Reba and all those. Serena um, Williams, Venus Serena. Williams. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. And that one, um, the, I know you don't celebrate uh, holidays, certain holidays, right, or birthdays even. Uh, we're not supposed to celebrate any holidays or birthdays, just anniversaries. Wow. Okay. And so were you guys strict? Did you guys go to um, uh, Jehovah's Witness um, every week, like a a church? Yeah, there was three meetings per week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And then you had to go out in the field and uh, preach and knock on doors and all that. Did you personally knock on doors? Yeah, I did. What were you telling them? To converting people? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had pamphlets, the watchtower, and the wake. And uh, you would have to talk to people about the bible and like if they want to learn more you'd invite them to the meetings uh do you have to do bible studies with them all that wow and you really just wanted to go below the bible belt but <laughs> <laughs> you ended up but so it's interesting you've never seen them um, go, uh, go, I, I mean, mean in california did they yeah, not there was people that would my mom would my mom was hilarious she would just like you know, no, thank you, no, thank you. And my dad would actually sit there and nurse the conversation, even though he knew we were Catholic. And and I think he one time even invited some of them inside. And my mom was so <laughs> upset, like, why are you inviting? <laughs> I'm sure on their end, too, they might actually be scared to go inside yeah. anyone else's house that they're just my trying dad, to yeah, get was, you to convert. Yeah, but no, she wasn't having it. I mean, <laughs> what kinds, did you like doing this at the time? or No, I didn't. I, it was scary for me because, like, you don't know who you're going to see at the door. You don't know what kind of reaction they're going to have. I'm just a little kid. All, in my mind, all I was thinking was, like, please don't open the door. Please don't open the door. Unless it was, like, Halloween and trick-or-treat. But could you even <laughs> celebrate that? No. Oh, never. So, I mean, at least if you had that experience. I was never in a costume as a child. Oh, and now you're certainly making up for lost time, aren't you? <laughs> Every Atlantis party, it's like the costumes, costumes. He's yeah. borrowing my leather stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or like eight different. That makes a lot them. of sense now. That actually does make a lot of sense because I'm making up for lost time. You were making up yeah. for lost time. Now, when they would send you, you would be solo, or it's no. all, you're always paired, right? Yeah. Because I always remember when they came to my house, it would always be two. At mm-hmm. least two people together. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so. You have siblings, right? I have uh, older sister, older brother, and a younger brother. Okay, so, um, and you've told me more recently, like, um, how, your older sister is a devout Jehovah's Witness, correct? Yeah, she wasn't when she was younger because she actually had a baby out of wedlock. And I'm sure she's appreciating that. She, <laughs> she was very bad. She was into drugs, okay. alcohol. Um, my parents... We're not mad at the alcohol. My parents uh, told at her... At an early age, I'm assuming. Oh, you're saying at an early age? Uh, like when she was in high school and... She was like 18, 19. Okay. And my parents told her, you're either going to get <clears throat> married or you're going to uh, move out of the house. And she chose to move out of the house. 
and they disowned her for a few years. Um, they didn't talk to her. I kept in contact with her, but like as years progressed, she came back into the religion, and now she's very hardcore. And it's interesting because women um, have a tougher time, I feel, because my sister, of course, you know, we came from a Latin family, Catholic. My sister had way more uh, rules than on, placed on her, mainly from my father, um, than I certainly had. I mean, way stricter. She would definitely vouch for that. Mm -hmm. And I think girls, you know, young girls have a lot more restrictions. Guys get away with way more than especially when you're in a religious household like that. But it is interesting how now she's sort of, you know, you were sharing a recent, a recent story on, um, she did something to you where you were gonna share that story about when you went to Miami, you were gonna go to a party or something like that, or? Or it was? Oh, it was my little brother. Um, he, my parents have a condo in Fort Lauderdale, and he was gonna go with his girlfriend to stay there, and my, my sister, called my parents and said, how are you going to let him stay there when he's not married? And they made my parents feel guilty that they were going to tell the elders who are like the priest of the religion. And my parents got scared. And they told my little brother that he could not stay there as he's landing in Fort Lauderdale. Wow. Yeah. That's he had great. nowhere to go. And that was his plan. Yeah. Wow, that really It would be sucks. interesting if it was you, and you'd be like, then fine, I'll get married to my boyfriend. I mean, would you approve if you got <laughs> married? I mean, Absolutely. albeit a gay marriage, but... I think definitely not. not. She keeps sending me cards in the mail that she loves me, that she wants to see me saved, that um, she, I should come back into the faith, and she'll do anything to help me. And it gets really frustrating and annoying because I don't want to hear that. It's like they make me feel worse than mm -hmm. I already feel that growing up in that religion because you're taught a lot of things and it sticks in your mind. So mm -hmm. it's like I try to get away from that, but she's trying to get those thoughts back into my mind, which I don't want to think about. Right. I mean, more recently, you've actually gotten closer to your family, yeah. which is nice, right? You've made an effort. Both of you, your parents and you have made an effort, which is nice. Well, when I was younger, at age 20, um, I guess I was never home. I, would, I was full-time college, full-time working. My parents would come into my room, I guess, when I took showers and look in my book bag and stuff. And so what were they looking for? I, I guess they were trying to figure out what I do, like... Because they never saw me. I would be so busy. Um, but they found pictures of me and my boyfriend on vacation. You had a boyfriend? Yeah. At what age? This is 20. Oh, 20. Okay. And they, my father confronted me in my room. He said, what is this? Are you gay? And I said, yes. He raised his hand to me like he was going to swing at me. And he said... In the Bible, it says you should be stoned to death. You're better off not being my child. He said, I never want to see you again until you change. And he kicked me out of the house. Wow. So wow. that was like the lowest point in my life. So where did you go? Um, I took my clothes. That's all I did. I took everything I had in clothes. Um, I put it in my car. And the pictures of your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't care about that at that point. Um, my boyfriend lived in Long Island, like way out east, and I worked in I worked at LaGuardia Airport, so I didn't want to stay all the way out there. Uh, one of my good friends, she let me stay on her couch, so I was literally living out of my car for about a month. Um, actually, 
that was my parents' car, and I kept it for two days. And then one of my good friends took me to a dealership, got me approved for a brand new car. So two days later, I just parked the car outside of my parents' house, double parked it, um, and I threw the keys at the door and just left it there. Wait, the car that you got, you just their no, car. he's oh, seen the one that he got had it. of theirs. Oh wow! <clears throat> and that was is like I don't need you anymore. I'm I'm okay now, and. A month later, I moved into an apartment, and then I was living the independent life, trying to figure things out for myself. And I didn't speak to them for about four years. I went to go see my little brother. And then my mother started to cry, saying, why did I stay away for so long? And I'm like, like, looking you, at her like... Where were you? Really? Were you like, did you have amnesia? <laughs> <laughs> so then... <laughs> did, got, you moms. did you forget? Did you forget? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, things got better. I got closer to my mom, but they kept bringing up the fact, when am I going to get married and have kids? It's like, they thought it was a phase or something. Oh, I don't know. like in denial. Yeah, for... in denial. And that was hard for me because it's like, finally I have a good relationship with my family and then they're bringing up this stuff. Like, I don't want to deal with this because mm-hmm. it's like, once again, they're making me feel worse than I already am for what I've been taught. Right, and right. It's like I don't want to. It's if, repressing you too from you becoming independent and then living on your own. I think when you do live on your own, you do start to realize who you are just right. as yourself, separate from family. And I think that it sounds like going back was like making you. They wanted you to step backwards. Yeah, and it was making you worse because yeah. it's. And like, what happened to this boyfriend? Did you stay with him? We were together for like four years. Mm-hmm. And things didn't work out. Okay. Did was he supportive during this period of what was going on? Yeah, he was very supportive. Um, he actually helped me get a house after that apartment that I lived in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Are you guys still in contact? No. Oh. Okay. Things did not end good. But um, after that, I was with someone for seven and a half years, which is good. But my parents would come over, and I would have to say that that's my roommate because I didn't want to go back. You didn't want to repeat. I didn't want to go back with those feelings of rejection from them. Right. So they, you all were living in this sort of, which a lot of us do, I think. It's like we make compromises for parents. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Jeremy, you don't even, did you grow up with religion at all? I uh, mean, I, I did, and I went, I like went to church. We would go to church very few and far between, like pretty much for Easter and sometimes for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was baptized and had communion also, but it was never like anything that they like forced us to live by. And we didn't, they didn't like have a Bible around or I don't know. It was just never anything that was a big focus for them. Right. But we're also a really close family. So we talked about a lot like to each other. Like right. our feelings and stuff you like that. You have a unique which family, think... which I think is really great because communication is really big with um, mm-hmm. your family. And I think that's really great. But for many people, I don't think they have that. Like Joey, like myself. And But I do think sometimes it can be cathartic because when you grow up with religion mm-hmm. being so prevalent in your life, um, there's something to rebel against mm-hmm. later and you start questioning things, mm-hmm. and then you can actually look at some of those things that 
are these rules and regulations and rebel against them and question them and get and sometimes you can turn around and 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 find the faith in it all yeah. like like now i'm not i don't practice catholicism although there's many catholic traditions like prayer that i still hold true i mm-hmm. still pray and and i will always have that basis mm-hmm. and it's why i've always you know been a huge fan of madonna because her part I've, I've always thought that madonna's career music career has been based on religion and sex <laughs> i mean if you look at papa don't preach that whole video is about her father turning her away because obviously he doesn't believe you know she should have had that baby and and he ultimately kind of comes around in the end and she's just you know like a prayer is all about that duality of religion and and that's one thing that I will say is I think what uh, what you're saying with uh, once you rebel after listening to and hearing so many rules and stuff I never really went through that phase because my parents always used the tactic of persuasion to right. get us to do things that they wanted like making decisions they would say this is what you should do but you can do what you want to do and so I never really grew up with two, I mean, I couldn't stay out way, way late or like hang out and just do whatever I wanted to do. So I wasn't like super, super free, but I never really felt repressed and I never felt like I had too many rules. And I think that at least making us think that we didn't, when we left home, we never actually, I've never really had a time that I felt like I've rebelled against anything or any rules or just did something that was against like... Two things come to mind, though, real quick, though. Like, do you feel you have a faith, though, like a spiritual faith? I mean, I don't. I don't. I I feel like I'm maybe connected spiritually with, like, uh, family members that have passed, and I do pray to, like, a higher force, but I don't really believe in, like, the Bible or what they say, like, the things that they say you should live by, and I just don't feel, I feel that your actual life should just be not dictated to you and you shouldn't be told how to live it or the way to live it or what's right and what's not because you experience that by actually living it real and day-to-day by yourself. The things that happen to you or that you come across or the people that come into your life end up molding what that becomes. So for me, I don't feel that religion really does that but it it doesn't have a structure for me right like it does for other people how about for you because even though you know you've had you know a battle with jehovah's witness i would say joey but do you feel like you have a faith belief a spiritual faith from this background in jehovah's witness well going back to the rebelling thing i did rebel when i was about 16 in high school i kept music was a big thing for me since I'm, I'm a DJ now. I always was affected by music. It hit me certain points, certain songs, uh, certain lyrics. So at 16, I started sneaking out of my house. I would go to clubs. My first club ever was Palladium on a gay night. Um, <laughs> they were never card there for some reason. They just had the velvet rope. And if you looked the part, they would let you in. And I just, every weekend, I would sneak out. I'd go have the time of my life, dance, have fun, drink. And that's that was my rebellion. But um, as I grew older, I still, like, 
I didn't have that family structure or family love that I needed. Like when I grew up, they would never say, I, I love you. Right. I right. never heard those words. So it's like I always yearned to have a close family and I didn't have that. So it made me feel bad about being gay. Right, right. And like... And now you say, um, I love you. I, I mean, you and I are close friends and, and very close friends and we say it to each other. Yeah, we say it, but it's like, it's not something that comes out easily. It's like... Well, I don't think you should be throwing that word around easily anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know. I Sometimes I feel like I wish I wasn't gay so I could be closer to my family. I guess. It's sad that I think that, but, and like, I'm judgmental on other gays who are like in three, have threesomes or in open relationships, because to me, I think sex is supposed to be between just two people that love each other. And I, I don't know, I, I find it wrong when I see open relationships or stuff like that. And you think it... I, it, I automatically judge them. Because of the, your religious right. and a lot of your... I mean, we all struggle a little bit with that. I think I've definitely on the Madonna bandwagon and um, as we look behind my shoulder over here with her sex book. And I mean, I think you can have a... Um, I've come full circle for sure. I mean, obviously, you guys know me. Um, but it is interesting. But you continuously... I know you, you're hard on yourself, Joey, and you say things like that all the time, but then you you're open to change and you were just on this atlantis cruise and there was a really interesting story that um you met a, a guy that you really liked and um he had a status that you tell us a little bit about that right well i met this guy um he he <laughs> was trying to get to know me better um we hung out, we, we made out, we were dancing, we did a lot of stuff together, and... Sexually? <laughs> well, we didn't go all the way, but we did some stuff, and then at one of the parties, he whispers in my ear, um, I'm positive. No, granted, and it's, okay, you were inebriated a little bit, right? I was. So, you and I discussed this earlier on how... Like, really, was that really the right time to divulge your status when you both are like, you know? It wasn't the right time, but I feel like... But when is the right time? And we have an episode coming out that talks just about that, when to ask, when to tell about HIV status. So it's interesting. There, I don't know that there really is a right time, so... I guess he was having fun with me, and he really liked me a lot, and he just had to get that out there. And I know I told you months ago that... I would never date somebody who's HIV positive because I'm too scared about the consequences or what if this happens, what if that happens. And but you were adamant. I don't know, Jeremy, were you in the room? He was. Yes. Yeah. He do was. you remember how adamant? I do remember, yes. Uh, yeah. But I also don't, I, I think everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Of course. I don't, I don't agree with that, but I also, for myself, I just put myself in the person's shoes and I'd be like, so if that was me and somebody says that, it would make me feel horrible about myself and I would never want someone to feel like that. So I do think it, there is never really a great time to say it, but I think it takes a lot of balls to say it. And I right. value when people are honest and when people do 
uh, divulge that information about their status. And then on top of it, I'm like, I mean, it t always takes two to tango, and I would never, if it was me in that position and I'm divulging my status as a certain thing, and then somebody's like, oh, now I don't want to talk to you, I mean, that would be, I think, detrimental to the way that I feel about myself, so I would never want someone else to feel I like that. I think what's interesting, too, is that, you know, like religious views, like growing up with a strong religious background like Joey and I had, you evolve, you continue to evolve and make sense of this religion that had such a blueprint on your makeup, mm -hmm. and then you're constantly changing. So you were so adamant when you told us that time about feeling that way, and I just think it's cool and open-minded and evolutionary of you to actually, you know, you did meet somebody that you liked and they divulged that status to you and, and you kind of went with it. And I think that's cool that you're, I think that's all of this is about mm -hmm. change, evolution and growth. And I think but that's what I was saying by the fact that you, there are, and that's why I, I don't really mind that I'm not really that religious is because Joey's changing this point of view based off of meeting somebody in real life that he actually was attracted to. And when it's brought to that circumstance of it's not talking about it, it's actually happening. It's interesting to see that now his point of view is kind of changing from what it was in the first place. Yeah, because it's like I was having a really good time with him. I liked him a lot. And when he said that to me, it was like a curveball. And I didn't know what to say to him. But I was having so much fun with him that I just was like, let me just roll with this and see what happens. And it's like, I like him a lot and I don't want that to affect if things progress or whatever. So yeah, I guess my viewpoint is changing. Having, be, having to be in the situation, you can talk and say things, but when in real life, when it's in front of you, it's different. Right, right. And, and better to go through, I think. Right. I, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, one of the other things about, you know, religion and religion and sex is when you do grow up with sort of these, you know, dogmas and stigmas. these stigmas and, you know, we would go into this church all the time and I was constantly looking around and the imagery, the statues, the, the, we, you would kneel in these pews mm -hmm. and... Um, I have a, a dear friend of mine that sees the, and there are, and like if you go to Rome, there's a sexuality to some of the statues and older. I'm reading a book um, that I I'll share later. <laughs> yeah, no, and there's a book <laughs> in older religions. Um, people were, you know, not so monogamous, and they um, it wasn't monogamy wasn't even really a belief, and it's it's just gotten filtered throughout the years and through the, you know, the Catholic religion mainly the, that's implemented these rules and regulations. And so to me, it's made some sex a little bit of like a mystery and a rebellious thing and wanting to do it. I think it's why leather was so intriguing to me is because it's sort of taboo-ish. And I would argue that like in Madonna's sex and she, a lot of it is taboo and it, mm -hmm. it makes sex more fun. I mean, do you find that? now joey that when you do have sex i mean are you a traditionalist and in bed or do you like i mean t 
to kind of break the rules and have sex in outdoors or, or what? What's, how's it, how has your religion and how you have sex today, you know, manifested? Um, in the beginning, I was a traditionalist. Um, my last ex got me into leather, so I was into leather. Um, the last cruise, I was an exhibitionist. I told you stories of what happened at the after parties. Yeah. Um, and I would never do stuff like that. But what was interesting is that you were sharing with me, and I'm sure you don't mind too much, no. but that you know, there's, you know, these cruises, they have these huge parties, there's lights, and then they have a, an actual official after parties. But, you know, these boys want to continue the party. Mm -hmm. And so um, some of these in this huge ship, they had, some people had like loft-like rooms that were that were throwing after parties invite, like so you can you can imagine yeah. so with the red carpet outside the door which oh yeah oh, i mean the <laughs> door case. open and yeah yeah so joey was sharing with me that on one of them he was with the boy that he actually liked and you know they've been filling each other out and all literally and actually um but you guys actually played around with different people, too. Or we, went, we went outside on the balcony, and there was a whole bunch of guys having sex. And me and, me and uh, the guy I met, we were making out. And then people came up to us, started touching us, giving oral sex and doing different things. And Did, did that make you think, oh, shoot, what's he going to think? Or did, did you feel he was sort of like pulling back like, uh-oh, you know, I'm sort of, I don't want Joey to think something of me because, you know, it's all new. At the moment, I was just like, I'll go with it. But then, like, a few minutes later, I was like, what am I doing? Right. And you shared a story, too, that he kind of, he, he let you kind of have your fun, too. But then he admitted later that, oh, I was just trying to be cool. Oh, yeah. One of the parties, um, there was another guy who came up to me who said he liked me and started making out with me. And I stopped it mm -hmm. after a few minutes and I went back to the guy who I like and I said, does that bother you? He said, no, but I felt bad because, I mean, I would feel bad if he were making out with somebody. So I just stopped it. And then later on in the night, he did whisper in my ear. He said, that really did bother me. So it was like I made the right call in stopping it. So I, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. So, but do you think that in some ways that um, you know because you said before religion has really like made you think more like monogamy and being yeah. with one person? Do you think you're evolving a little bit um, and changing because here you are meeting somebody that you like? And you guys were kind of open to letting things slide and having, you know, playing with different people. And he seemed like he was kind of open to that. I mean, do you think you're evolving a little bit about those old religious, you know, stigmas that you may have had? I'm not sure. Sometimes I, I feel like I do want to try it. But then other times I'm like, how can I see somebody at like getting plowed by somebody else or like just sit there and watch that i don't know how it would affect me so i'm not sure like i mean if you catch me at a good time where i'm <laughs> really drunk i mean i might go with it but if i'm really sober i might like be like what's going on here right right and i've changed too because when i was younger um you know in my early 20s even though I was, I've said before I was a dancer in San Francisco and I was at all the clubs, 
I was well, I don't know about that, but (laughs) I was definitely um, looked down on like, you know, guys that played around in threesomes and all that. I was like, if I find a boyfriend, it's just him and I. And I've definitely evolved. um, Oh, we know. (laughs) Yes, yes. You see me out on the weekends. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think for me, I've evolved based on my early religion. But it's interesting, Jeremy, because for you, who didn't grow up with such a strong religious upbringing, do you even suffer from any of those things, like about threesomes and and, monogamy? I will say that I, I am... Not traditional because I'm not at all, but I am a very jealous person, oh, and too. that's like the Latin in me. So I don't. I am. Of I like to watch, and I don't mind watching multiple people do whatever it is at the moment. And I like. I don't mind watching people share and all that stuff. But yeah, because you I and I will go. I don't really like to jump in the mix. I really get turned on by just watching it at the moment and just doing nothing and just being a voyeur in that moment. But I also actually, if I am with somebody and they are in that situation, I don't want to share. And I don't, and I do kind of get turned off by, and also working in nightlife when I see like, it just people say I like kiss somebody and then I watch them like kiss five That's other people. I that oh. that in my how about in, Saturday me, night when you had the huge ass guy I mean, that was yeah, so that, hot like he was. But that was annoying to me was the fact that I don't, he was so hot. It, well, his no, ass was so no, hot. No, and I don't mind if somebody's hot and they know it and they have fun and whatever. He was it, calling you his it boyfriend. It was nice that he was coming he was. back to me, but it was still annoying to me that because I tried like to touch his ass and he was like, "Only if you people. allow me. Yeah. Only if only my, if my boyfriend, boyfriend says, allows me." Yeah, like, I was like, "Okay, Jeremy, and you better say yes. Can I touch <laughs> his ass?" <laughs> Which, thank God, you said yes because that yes. was an amazing ass. It but was. Um, I've never had a threesome ever. Ever. Well, let's. There's three people here. Let's get started. No, I'm kidding. No, you're my, you're my sisters. Um, <laughs> well, there's three Steve people here. Steve is Shut it. Well, I mean, but yet you were at a Atlantis after party where you know oh, yeah, hands there was, were reaching. There was sex going on everywhere, in and that people after were reaching party. for your dick, and you yeah, were, they make, were. So maybe not in a. You, okay, so you haven't had an official threesome. I mean, that, no. now that's so like ordinary. I mean, I feel like every week. Well. I think I could have it like with just two strangers, but not with like a boyfriend. I don't, I don't know if I could go that far. Yeah, I and think, but I also agree. That. I don't, I don't know do if I'd want to do it with a couple. Like if I was the couple, yeah. But I don't mind joining a couple. You probably are together. talking about it, Jeremy, from like the because maybe the the issues they may have or getting involved in their in in. You know, one might like you more than the other. Mm-hmm. You might like one more than the other. But I feel like maybe. Joey, you might because of your religious background and what it says about a couple and and your background. Am I right to say that? Is that why you don't feel comfortable with that? No, I don't feel comfortable doing it with a partner of my own because I would be too jealous. Okay. Of like if he's kissing him too much or getting fucked too much, I'd be like, you like that, you want him over me, and all that, all those feelings will come. And do you think it's just a straight up jealousy, or do you think that it's um, a little bit about maybe some of how you grew up and how 
you know, a man should be with a woman and, and, and your old beliefs of you just want one boyfriend or husband in your life. Do you think it has anything to do with that or it's just straight up jealousy? I think it's both. I mean, I was brought up that way. I still have those things in my head. A lot of times I feel like I don't let loose enough because I have those thoughts in my head of what I was taught. And I'm not living life to the fullest I can because I'm holding back. And I feel like I want, I don't know, I feel like I want my family to accept me. And they're not accepting me, so it's holding me back a lot. But I have to go back to, in being your friend and getting even closer to you, you can you say these things like they're, you know, you're this one way and it's this and it's that, but you continuously change and evolve. Whether I don't know if you Maybe know I that. Maybe I don't see it. Maybe. But the fact that yeah. you now, um, over Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, you got together with your family, and, and maybe it's not perfect, but you you got together with them, yeah. and you said these things a couple months ago about how you would never, and you were very adamant, okay, it was 5 a.m. on my couch over here, <laughs> but you would never date anyone that is HIV positive, and then here you meet somebody, and and so... You know, and you shared time with him with other guys at an after party sexually. I mean, it sounds progressive. Whether you want to admit it or not, you are changing and evolving, I think, and I... From an outsider standpoint. then that's good if you see that. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're the facts, and that's what I'm seeing, and you might, like, you know, I think that's good, growth, you know, even Mm -hmm. with your ex, you even said hi to him on the, the boat, and that was pretty progressive, and... Uh, an ex that you thought you'd never want to speak to or see again. So that's pretty good, too. Yeah, very bad breakup. And right. it felt good to say hi and uh, I guess let everything go off my shoulders and not have that stress. Right, right. People think sometimes I think as gay men, we're free and we're, you know, hanging from the chandeliers and, oh, wouldn't it be great to just be gay? And actually, you know, with things like religion, upbringing, and and parents that were unaccepting, and so many other issues. I mean, you know, and the current administration that it's not always as easy as it seems, and we're not all like having. Aside from me, so. <laughs> yeah, because that religion makes you feel bad about being gay. So it's like it's very depressing. It's. It represses you, for sure. It, it represses me. I mean, me, not me, but I but, see that it represses other people that I know. But you know. It's hard to get through life, enjoying life, when um, you have these thoughts in your mind. And but You're right. I agree. And But I think like everything, when you have things placed... I mean, we can't control where we grew up. We can't control mm-hmm. the color of our skin, who our parents were, if our parents were divorced, um, that we're gay, where we went to school. Those are things that we can't control. They were placed on us. Um, and so, but w- so you can at times, I feel, feel like a victim of those things. But it is empowering at times when you, especially as you age and grow, if you can take those things and, and empower yourself with them and turn it around like the word queer and, or, you know, like, you know, people used to make fun of me for being dark and Mexican. And now it's like, and then I was exoticized and everyone, you know, so it's like, you can turn those things around just like religion too, or like her, Madonna's sex book. She turned all that around. And I think she's probably still a spiritual person, 
but she's like taking control of it. And, and it's like, you're evolving. It's, you can be the victim and say that this was like, I had no control or you can actually take control of it and say, here's the cards, the deal that that I was was given dealt and I'm going to, you know, make it right for me and make sense for me and, and take control of it. And I think that's can be really empowering Mm -hmm. when you do that. And, and like what's going on with you, if you have an open heart and an open spirit and an open mind, you can surprise yourself at whatever age. I mean, wouldn't you guys agree? Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to make the best of the cards I've been dealt with. And I guess you're seeing I'm evolving. I don't see it. But if you're seeing it, then that's a good thing. Absolutely. Because I do want to evolve. I do want to live life to the fullest. I don't want to hold back. But it's hard sometimes. Just don't try and get involved with a, 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 stray by, a straight by Russian. <laughs> that never works out. Unless the you just want to play games and ask for that, trouble. I said no. <laughs> you did. I know. I should have listened to you. But oh well, I'm not perfect. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, and, and with you, Jeremy, I mean, I know that. Um, so without like a, a big, huge. Um, religious background and stuff and faith background, you're still evolving and changing too, right? Mm -hmm. But do you kind of have no hangups about sex and, you know, from a childhood, does any of that ever affect you? I mean, I, I don't know. I've just always been open-minded. I like, I just don't, I don't have a lot of judgment. I don't really mind if other people have a very different opinion than mine. I don't mind stating my opinion. See, that's but why you're my co-host. That's I, why you wouldn't. I take. I'll take. I'll literally take um, Jeremy sometimes to like, you know, um, paddles here, which is like mm-hmm. a basically a sex club, mm-hmm. and and he, of he'll he would. he'll go, <laughs> but he or the or the cock, or the we cock lie, or, yeah, and um, he he's you're just more voyeuristic, and, yeah. and and yeah. I mean, I just don't. I never feel like I point fingers and I don't want right. to and I just don't mind when I I find it really interesting and I find that I only grow and get better by being out there and like being open minded and being open to things that I are new to me or that I don't already know. Right. So I find that that's how one be- grows the best, but I know that it's difficult when you do come from a certain background or you are restricted in certain ways. And I also have adapted that from my mother who is pretty open-minded as well. So like we threw a fashion show and my mom and my aunt who is a Republican, they both sat and watched like someone get rope tied and then saw an entire fashion show of all people wearing leather. But I think my aunt did that because she saw that my mom was comfortable. And so growing up with, I'm very thankful that my mom was that way, and I understand that not everyone gets that, or it, it, they don't grow up that way. So I would say the person that I am today and being open-minded comes from the way that I grew up and just learning not to judge anyone because we all are different, and that's what makes us who we are, and that makes the world go around, and it just makes it a better place. And it also makes New York better. And Absolutely. This is a city that has a lot of fun people in it. Absolutely. And you meet fun people by being open-minded Connecting, to new things. Yeah, and right. And I think that's what um, sex, the more you demystify and make sex less taboo. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just lost George Michael, you know, was one of my favorite 
vocalists and artists um, back in the day so much so. And I, um, I don't think I shared the story before, but in eighth grade, we were taking theology at this Catholic school. And one of our assignments was to present something in pop culture or a song or basically something in pop culture that related to religion and had a positive message to it. So I chose I Want Your Sex by George Michael, and I played the song and of course you did. <laughs> in front of everybody. And I said, um, you know, in it, he talks about sex is natural, sex is good, mm-hmm. sex is... Um, meant between me and you and 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 the lyrics um you know i showed that you know it's a natural occurrence between two people in it and it shouldn't be bad and mm-hmm. and um he goes not everybody does it but everybody should mm-hmm. and at the end of it um my theology teacher i'm sure she was like slightly shocked but she was like you're right steve mm-hmm. absolutely sex is natural and i think when the and people I, I don't do box the, you in yeah. you can't speak about it or talk about it and they make it like awkward it doesn't have to be right like if you want to talk about it and get juicy and say details you can and if not then just don't but i think the more that you do talk about it like we are now and have been I think the more that gets out there, you just do realize it's between two people or five people or whatever situation that you're in, right. but it doesn't have to be that like awkward or weird. And you, it, when you talk about it, it is liberating to discuss it with friends and just be o- open. Yeah. I guess, and that about. was one of his, um, there was a great tribute to him on NPR right after uh, George Michael passed away about how he really was a sexual person and he enjoyed anonymous sex and meeting people and he was kind of unapologetic about it and that's why he you know a lot of his music and art reflected that I think Madonna that. does as well Madonna definitely does I mean, it truth in a more there that was like she does it in a more overt, overtly way yes. and obviously brings in religion at times and shows how it's natural and and she's still spiritual and mm-hmm. you know namaste and all but i mean so i think um it's cool that you know he had that sort of mentality and and she does and it's it starts to demystify and and it's a natural thing absolutely absolutely well i've had a couple of times where i've had sex and afterwards i feel like i'm dirty and i shouldn't do this because we'll take a shower (laughs) <laughs> Not in that way. Like, I mean, we're all a little dirty after it. <laughs> You're very dirty. Ah, <laughs> shut it. You need a long shower. Uh-huh. A long bath, shower. a hot bath. Yes, exactly. No, Dip me in <laughs> scalding water. You need like a two-hour bath. Yes, yes. That's salt and all. Yes. Well, you can give it to me, Joe. <laughs> I'll take you up on that offer. Okay. Um, no, I feel like dirty because of my upbringing and it those thoughts come back into mind and I'm like what am I doing why am I doing this this isn't right and it's hard because I want to live I was born gay I want to live gay but it's like all these thoughts in my mind it's it's very hard I mean one thing that I would say is live for you and I think that sex as an actual act does make you personally feel better and it is always a release in any way, and I don't mean that even in a sexual way, but just a release of endorphins and just everything. I think that it's a natural thing, and I think that you should never 
tell yourself that it's bad when you are letting yourself do something that does make you feel better, if you know what I mean. And so I get, and I get your background does bring those things back up for you, but you have to understand that you're living for you and not anybody else, and life is really too short to contemplate yourself when you are just really living for you and like and just pleasing yourself. I 100% understand what you're saying, but it's sometimes it's, you want to tell yourself that, but then there's thoughts in your mind that you can't get out of your mind, and it's like, ugh, I'm stuck in the middle. The only advice I would give is thoughts are, th are thoughts. You can't control those, and is the more you realize that those are thoughts and acknowledge that they're coming into your, oh, right, that's one of those conservative thoughts coming into my mm -hmm. head that's trying to make me feel bad about something, the more you start to be conscientious of those thoughts coming in your head, the more you start to understand, okay, well, that's one of those fleeting thoughts, and am I going to choose to, you know, have an imprint, or mm -hmm. am I going to just let it go and know that that's my human side, and then reinforce it with more sex, <laughs> <laughs> and the songs like, I want your sex, like, play that all the time, and... Mm -hmm. and and do a do a little mantra with George Michael and tribute daily. Yeah, you're my role model. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> easy now, easy now. Well, thank you so much for doing this show. I know it was like a big deal for you, um, but you really opened up, and I really appreciate it, Joey. It was. Thank you so much for having me. I loved being here. I loved sharing my story. I think you're going to like have an effect on a lot of people. I mean, I know you have on me, so. I hope so. I know there's a lot of people that have the same issue, so it's good, it's good for me to get my story out there. And for our audience um, to listen to your music, how can we follow you again? Once again, I'm at hearthis.at, that's H-E-A-R-T-H-I-S dot A-T, and also on Podomatic, you can find me under DJ Joey Z, that's J-O-E-Y-Z. Perfect. We will also list that on the site. Please follow us. Thank you again, Jeremy. We can follow Jeremy at at J Ross Lopez, and follow us. We are at talkaboutgaysex.com. We are at Instagram and Twitter at TalkAboutGaySec. And then finally, um, leave us a message because we really want to hear from you. So follow us. We will see you next time and continue having hot gay sex.